Hello, I'm Debs. And I'm Hannah, and welcome to The Write-Off, a podcast for the everyday writer. Even if you don't write every day. Whether you're hoping that what you're working on will one day be a Sunday Times bestseller, or you're simply putting words on the page for the pleasure of it, The Write-Off is a podcast for every writer on the journey. You might be squeezing your writing time in around multiple jobs or childcare, or even just around the ebbs and flows of your own enthusiasm. But we're here to say, us too. Hello everyone and welcome to the sixth episode of series two and the last one in the series. Oh my goodness, gosh, the last episode of series two. So Hannah, what is this episode about? This episode is called Kill Your Darlings and it's basically all about the editing process. Yeah, I love the Kill Your Darlings analogy. I think it's perfect. There are things you can get so precious about when you create them. Oh, yeah. Anything from just a sentence. You can write a sentence and be like, I like that. I really am proud of that. But it's, there's no point in it being there to whole characters. Yeah, it's so true. It's quite a sort of like um, a bittersweet experience to have to come to terms with what you need to get rid of in your own writing. Especially when you're like smug about it and you're like. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why they're called your darlings. Uh, so I had a look at the origins of kill your darlings the phrase right I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong so Sir Arthur Quiller Couch wrote in his 1916 book on the on the art of writing if you here require a practical rule of me I will present you with this whenever you feel an impulse to perpetrate a piece of exceptionally fine writing obey it wholeheartedly and delete it before sending your manuscript to press Murder Your Darlings. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, But like, apparently it's disputed where the saying originated. Then some scholars apparently attribute him and that 1916 work to the being the first that kind of published that concept. Mm. But then more recently, we do mention Stephen King's on writing a lot, but I do like it. We're not being sponsored. Stephen King says... Kill your darlings, kill your darlings, even when it breaks your egocentric little scribbler's heart, kill your darlings. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> it's so true. Do you know what? It is so true because editing is such a kind of like battle with your own ego. You do have to massively get over yourself to be a good writer, I think, because you really have to apply yourself to the skill of editing. Yeah. Um, which isn't easy and I think often it helps when you can bring in like a third party because you are so tightly wedded it's such yeah. an effort to get something on the page and it, god here I go sounding all um airy fairy but it's a little piece of yourself it's a piece of your soul and yeah. so to then kind of like chip away at it or pull it apart it's quite painful it's a painful process and I think it's hard to have a clarity and a distance it's hard to distance yourself from it enough to see it to see failures in it or potholes or you know definitely and you're right bringing in a third party it allows someone else to murder your darlings for you yeah exactly Um, which is obviously really insulting and horrible and you're like seriously you put a line through that bit like how dare you um but someone with a, an objective kind of view of it 
is able to go, well, you don't need that, you don't need that. And obviously that <laughs> it's a, a cruel to be kind exercise. You know, this is going to improve your work, but you have to get rid of this, this and this. I also think it's amazing what you cannot see. You look at this document for a huge amount of time and you get blind. It's amazing what you yourself cannot see, even though you spent all your time poring over it. And yeah. then someone comes to it. If someone comes to it fresh eyes, it's amazing what like the outside perspective sees without. And you're just like, oh, yeah, I, I just hadn't seen that. I hadn't. But of course, it's because you're staring at it for so long. Yeah. The wood from the trees. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's exactly it. Fresh eyes. That's, that's why you need them. I think it's when workshopping becomes a real gift. It's quite a freeing process. Just give over your work and, and allow multiple opinions. And then you, once you get over yourself, <laughs> you don't have to take every single piece of advice that's given to you on a piece of work, but it is amazing what you can get from, from allowing other people to kind of like feed into what you're doing and definitely makes you a better writer, I think. Because anything that anybody contributes in terms of advice towards your writing, you said, like you say, you don't need to take all of it, but the bit, the kind of valuable bits that you learn and that you want to apply, it's all for the kind of refinement of the whole piece. You know, individual bits might be pretty. And I guess, I guess there's like, you want to kind of play to your strengths. And if, I don't know, if your strength is in kind of description um, rather than dialogue, but the description isn't moving the story along in the way that the dialogue or the action would kind of thing, then it doesn't mean that description needs to still be there just because it's good. You are right, though, with that word refinement. It is, that is exactly what it is, isn't it? It's like filtering down to find the most refined form of what you are trying to say yeah. and that's it. it's story everything goes back to the story that you're telling and sometimes things can get away get in the way of the flow oh yes <laughs> <laughs> I had a thing before where sometimes characters are devices right and I had two different characters who both as a device were there to provide information to the protagonist and they were kind of on a more emotional level there was a, a support for the protagonist yeah. and so I had to get rid of one <gasps> do you know what I mean because it's like well, what's the point one character can do both of those things but you obviously like behind the scenes you're building a whole world for every character yeah spent hours on backstory and dialogue that you're proud of yeah having the courage to be like okay off you go and then I had to choose one of them <gasps> it's brutal but then in that sense you are like you are exactly what you said you're a world builder you're a god in that respect <laughs> like be like nope and of course comes the admin with it being like fucking hell I've got to go back to the beginning <laughs> And kind of delete this person from the whole story. Yeah. I've got that at the moment because in my manuscript, I have changed a name. And similarly to what you're saying, I've taken some traits from someone else and combined them with another character so that I can kind of, 
yeah, so I can sort of get to the point quicker, if you know what I mean. It's tripping me up a lot because I don't want to go back through the whole manuscript and do all of that admin now. I know you can do it like where you just select a name and change it. Yeah. I know there are technological ways to do this. Find and replace. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Oh my God, I'm such a Luddite. Um, But I don't want to do that because I'm deliberately avoiding trying to do any editing. You know, I'm just trying to move forward, trying to move forward. But then I keep tripping myself up because I've made this change. And I'm like, who's that? (laughs) (laughs) So have you ever killed a massive darling? As in a whole work or a work you've been working on for a while? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's harsh to say kill, isn't it? Because I find it very hard to let go of anything. So I keep everything. If I was going to cut a big chunk of text, particularly with this bloody project I'm on, because I just desperately want my word count to like tot up. I do find myself keeping things. I just cut it out and stick it in a document in case one day I'm like that was perfect although but that that is I think that's the best advice that you can give anyone who has to kill their darlings is look you 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 created something just because it doesn't work for this yeah you don't have to kill it you can just put it in an induced coma for a little while (laughs) (laughs) put it to one side and go like I was saying about removing a character is that that character might be useful for something else or something that you've removed because say it's a subplot and it's distracting from the main story. Maybe that subplot can be a whole new work. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Cause that's a bit like sort of um, when we talk about writing exercises, you've taken this, like you said, subplot, a character who is a subplot away, but then later on you might be like, well, who's that person and what's yeah. their story? And like, yeah but uh, yeah so I think I I mean way back when in the very very first episode of the first series of the write-off I talked about the fact that I had put down like a chunk wasn't a massive chunk I suppose but like half maybe of a novel that I've been working on for years so that's my biggest but again you know I have only put it in my drawer I'm not saying that I'll but more and more and more, I feel quite sort of like detached from that writing. I'm not sure if I'll ever have the desire to go back to it. I'm proud of it in one respect and I'm, I, I acknowledge the work. But I don't know if I'll ever have the hunger to go back to it and make it more than it was. It was like a teaching exercise for me. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done what you've done and, and like literally taken a character and been like, no, you don't serve my narrative so you have to go brave to be honest someone else advised me to do it and they were right damn it (laughs) (laughs) editing is like trying to do a really really hard jigsaw puzzle like a thousand piece because you have to work out where every single piece goes and you have to make it fit perfectly yeah I love that part of it for some reason that really appeals to my brain I get a satisfaction when it fits yeah. obviously there's the the frustration of it not fitting but then when you finally click something into place I think that's one of the real highs oh it's one of the best feelings ever <laughs> <laughs> I think it's understanding that writing is editing 
the two things are a marriage and you don't get to have one without the other. And if you think that you can, then you're not really writing because everything always can be refined, can't it? It can always Yeah, well, you're certainly not writing for someone else. No. But back to um, Stephen King, you know, saying that it's about being egocentric. It would be purely egocentric to just keep everything and be like, well, I like it. (laughs) Rather than to question, is this story clear? You know, will it convey what I want it to convey? I think that's part of the reason why writing can make you feel so vulnerable, because you do have to like it. You are basically saying, I wrote this thing because I like it and I want to read this story. And I'm so I'm hoping that you feel the same way. And it's it, it does make you very vulnerable. Definitely. So, yeah, the, all those things are tied up together. The ego and the vulnerability and, you know, being able to see your own flaws. Yeah. So I think that you're right. Like if you can't workshop it, then at least step away and be the person that looks at it slightly objectively because you've given it some distance. At the end of the day, the phrase, kill your darlings, it sounds so sort of negative and harsh, but it is an exercise in actually taking back the power. Definitely. There's a, there is definitely a brutality to it because it was written by a writer um, <laughs> <laughs> to make a concise point. But it's all to make your writing even more beautiful. So like we said, this is our last um, episode of series two, and it's also January 2022. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) (laughs) Probably should have said that at the beginning of the episode, but never mind. We thought we would finish by sharing some New Year's resolutions about our writing. I sometimes struggle with resolutions because I feel like then they hang over you and make you feel really conscious of what you're achieving or not achieving but I like the idea of setting myself small targets yeah aim small like we said in the last episode aim small (laughs) we did actually ask write-off listeners if they had any writing resolutions and a few people did sort of let us know what they wanted to work on so we had Becky who said that she's going to send her finished manuscript out into the world in 2022 and that she's also going to believe in herself a little bit more, which I really liked. It was very positive. That's very positive. That's so part of it is kind of going, look, I'm, I am a writer and I'm good. So share your work with the world. That's amazing. Okay. So Emma says, I just need to remember that as soon as the words start flowing, I'm in my happy place. Oh, yeah. It's a good one because sometimes it's actually getting to the desk, isn't it? And putting your bum on the seat and opening your laptop and kind of going, okay, right, let's go. But then as soon as you start, sometimes it can bring you joy. Yeah. I saw someone famous. I saw a quote from a famous writer saying exactly that. The writing's not hard. It's actually getting to the desk that's hard although I didn't entirely agree with that because I was like also sometimes the writing is just really fucking hard yeah (laughs) (laughs) sometimes that writer has a very good point but it is like I think we will be touched on in the last episode about how you can feel quite negative about you know starting the process of writing 
you know it's not always the easiest thing you can sort of feel a bit like it's hanging over you but whenever you do you know sort of slip into that easy scene of writing where you're just in the zone there's nothing quite like it is there definitely and and we had Lexi who said her resolution for 2022 is to write the first draft of her third novel oh wow I was really impressed oh well done Um, Lexi that's amazing yeah get going on that that's good luck yeah go Lexi (laughs) have a little bit of what you're you've got (laughs) (laughs) we've also got elizabeth who put simply that there that her um new year's resolution is to write it's a good one (laughs) (laughs) i mean (laughs) i wholeheartedly agree with that one um and best of luck to elizabeth best of luck elizabeth (laughs) with that um do you have a writing resolution for 2022 deb can I just copy Elizabeth's? No, uh, <laughs> I think mine is, um, again, I know it sounds silly saying aim small, but it's to get a bit of a timetable going. And I know that like, there's that gag about, oh, you spend more time doing the timetable than you do doing the writing, you know. <laughs> but if I kind of know Wednesday lunchtimes, yeah. you know, Friday evenings, whatever it is, come the, the times that are there for writing, then I just think that, I'll find it more easily to slot it into my life. Yeah, it is about sort of like um, making it part of a routine. Yeah. Um, what's yours? Well, to be honest, mine's just to finish, to try and finish my manuscript. I feel like if I achieve that in 2022, then I'll be really happy. That's my well, main yeah. <laughs> because you'd have been a novel (laughs) it's obviously like the start of a much bigger climb because then the real work will begin but I feel like if I can get to the end of 2022 with a completed first draft then that's the only thing I'm aiming for if I get if I get to the end of the first draft before the end of 2022 I will award myself some sort of prize (laughs) that would be amazing but like you say, you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself. And, and that's the issue with resolutions. But all you can do is your best. And I think it sounds like you've absolutely smashed it this year. And I think you're going to do it. Oh, thanks, Deb. Go, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've really enjoyed recording this second series of the podcast. Like... Me too. It's been brilliant. And I am very much looking forward to series three whenever that will be we will be back soon and i look forward to it very much and i suppose in the meantime good luck with your writing good luck with your writing if you have enjoyed today's episode then please do subscribe rate and review us it helps people to find us and every listen and download to our little podcast really does make a difference and we really do appreciate it